Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Royal Monticello. This is Sunday, July the 2nd, 2023. This service was recorded on June the 25th, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Lynn Banderob. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Brandy Nieder. Thank you to Jim and Janelle Benter for sponsoring this week's broadcast in honor of their 47th wedding anniversary. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship. I invite you to the front part of your hymnal to um, page 94 for our confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God of mercy and consolation, you come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow in the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. What we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Christ was given to die for us. And for His sake, God forgives us all our sins. And as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I invite you to the front part of your hymnal to page 147. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. This is with mine in the prayer of the day that you can find in your celebrate insert. Teach us, good Lord God, to serve you as you deserve, to give and not count the costs, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not seek for the rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, except that that you are your will, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 7 through 13, with the following preface. Jeremiah accuses God of forcing him into a ministry that only brings him contempt and persecution. Yet Jeremiah is confident that God will be a strong protector against his enemies and commit his life into God's hands. The reading. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me 
a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror is all around. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. All my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed, and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble, and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, you test the righteous. You see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of the evildoers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Romans chapter 6, verses 1b through 11, with the following preface. In baptism, we were incorporated into the reality of Christ's death and resurrection. We have been made new in Christ through his death and resurrection to live freed from sin. The reading... Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, 
How much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what I have whispered, proclaim from the rooftops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy the, body, the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be the members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of our Lord. I've decided that um, I, I should be wiser before I say yes to preaching, that I should look at the text before I say yes, because this is a hard week. <laughs> Poor Jeremiah, he's just looking for vindication. And our psalmist wants justification and justice from God. And wow, Jesus is coming with the sword of truth. Jesus gives us some pretty harsh words. And it, I don't know about you, but it makes me wince and kind of pull back from those words of warning. Jesus, he tells it like it is. We recall the words of Simeon in the temple just as Jesus as a baby was being dedicated. Simeon says this, Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. Jesus is definitely living into that prophecy that Simeon spoke over him when he was only about eight days old. And so Jesus is giving us a pretty hard teaching today. He wants us to stop in our tracks and wake up to his truth. But just as we warn our children out of love, we get to see... God's heart and his love for us in these words of warning. He says, do not fear three times in four verses. Do not fear. He loves us so much, he says, please listen to me. I want you to hear God's word. 
He says, do not be afraid. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. He's with us. And even the hairs on your head are all counted. Do not be afraid, for you are more value than sparrows. So in the midst of this very harsh teaching, God's heart and his love is pouring out to us. As I said, just as we raise our kids and we warn them, or we've heard warnings from our parents for a good reason, it's out of love that we do that for our kids. He loves us so much, he doesn't want us to be deceived by the most cunning of deceivers, Satan himself, who wants nothing more than to draw us away from the relationship we have with God and entice us with all the earthly things, even good earthly things. It's great to have relationship with our parents and wives and husbands and friends and colleagues. Those are wonderful things, but they're not if they're placed before our relationship with God. And that is the point of what Jesus is trying to tell us, that we have to put God first. And it kind of is that ramp up from last week's message of putting the first things first. Raising up that first commandment and hanging on to it that we should have no other gods before us. That when God is first, everything else comes and falls in line. Even the Pharisees in Mark chapter 12 said to Jesus, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. So every ounce of your being to love God first. He loves us so much. He wants us to wake up and to see and know his truth. To realize and take account of where our allegiances lie. And he's calling us to seek his face first and be bold enough to claim, to claim it and proclaim it from the rooftops. He says, Everyone therefore who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But those that deny me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. That first commandment. He goes on to say, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have, come, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. We're going to look at that word sword in a minute. But this text clearly tells us that God sent his son among us not to maintain the status quo, which some call peace, but to usher in an era of challenge, of enlightenment, of engagement with him. A time where we truly heed that first commandment. To seek the truth, God's truth, and measure all the things to this thing, to this book, to God's living word. And so this word sword is referring to God's word. And don't take my word for it. Like I said last week, don't believe a word a pastor says unless they back it up with the actual word of the living word of scripture. 
So in Ephesians 6.17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This book judges our thoughts and attitudes towards God. And in Revelation 2.16, there's a letter to the church in Pergamum. And it says, Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against you with the sword of my mouth, with God's truth. I really appreciate Pastor Wade's newsletter this month. I always do. But this week, this month, if you've received it and read it, he talks about the evil in the world. And from, he pulls from Romans chapter 8, I believe, of where there's wheat and weeds, and they grow together until the harvest. We're saint and sinner, and we grow together until the harvest. And so there is evil in this world growing with us, and we have to be wise to that. And the only way we can be wise to that is know what God says in his word. I've been able and gifted to be able to preach since 2008. The Lord has called me this year to preach in a different way. And it makes me super uncomfortable. So yes, Lord, I will say your words. We live in a society that it has become commonplace to make this Bible fit our lifestyle instead of our lifestyle fitting into the words of God. Sorry. Too many are making the Bible fit their lifestyle. We have to consume the word of God, the truth. If you need nourishment, it does me no good to eat for you, right? You have to read it. You have to consume God's word yourself. Now I can help you understand it, break it down, bring it to life in stories, but ultimately you have to consume this. It's important because we can be deceived. Satan comes to deceive, to kill, and destroy. And he does it within our buildings. Let me give you an example. There's an app that was created in November of 2022. It's called ChatGPT. It's an AI, artificial intelligence app. And here's what it's supposed to do. ChatGPT can answer questions, tell stories, produce essays, and even write code. Its sophisticated capabilities have led people to see the true potential of AI, artificial intelligence, and how it could define humanity's future. So in March of 2023, over in Germany, they had a church-wide convention that's held every two years. Kind of, sounds kind of similar to our church-wide that we have every couple of years meeting. 
98% of the worship service was created by AI by using chat GPT. Says the artificial intelligence chatbot asked the believers in a fully packed St. Paul's church in a Bavarian town in Fruth to rise from the pews and praise the Lord. The chat GPT chatbot personified by an avatar, someone that looks like a human being, of a bearded black man on a huge screen above the altar, then began preaching to the more than 300 people who had shown up for this Friday morning worship service. Okay, hang on. For an experimental Lutheran church service, almost entirely generated by AI. A computer produced a sermon, and the sermon was how AI is biblical. People, Satan comes to deceive, kill, and destroy. It's in our walls. This blew me away. I told my husband, and he said, I hadn't heard anything about that. So I delved into it a little bit to see where all of this lies. Um, get ready to get uncomfortable. Jesus comes with the truth. So I went to a news website, um, Axios.com, and in March 10th of 23, the title of their article is Religious Leaders Experiment with Chat GPT Sermons. All right. It says, a consensus seems to be emerging that ChatGPT can alleviate some of the religious leaders' more routine and repetitive tasks, such as explaining particular holidays, freeing them for more meaningful spiritual counseling. Oh, my word. You want to tell me how I can spiritually counsel you if I'm not in this thing every day? Tell me that. How are we not deceived if we're not in this book? They, um, they interviewed some pastors. I'm just about over with the scary stuff. One pastor says it's really impressive. It's kind of amazing. They give his name. A Lutheran pastor and theology professor in Des Moines, Iowa. It's not Germany. Now it's here. We need to wake up. Jesus calls us to wake up because he's bringing the sword to divide us as sheep and goats through his word, through his truth. We can only know the truth if we're in the truth. I got to tell you, back in 2008, I had a lot more fun sermons. I told my husband on the way here, I said, this morning I feel like I'm on a headlong fight with Satan. God's winning. Satan comes to deceive, kill, and destroy, but this book, this living word, is our antidote for every single day, folks. I can't read it for you. You have to get into this word. The world is changing, and we have to stand up and speak the truth. We've got to speak the truth. I know our pastor Wade would never... Go to a chat GPT to produce a sermon. To ever think 
that preaching God's word is some repetitive thing you got to do. It's God's living word. And it comes with a responsibility, and the responsibility God gave me this morning was tell the truth. And it's hard. So I want to leave you with something that we can all do to put on our armor, as Ephesians 6 says, right? To put on the belt and the breastplate and the shield and the helmet of salvation and hold God's sword, the word of truth. And this is it is to be able to pray God's word back to him. So if you have an issue, it might be in the need of healing. It might be in the need of helping our kids through a difficult situation. It just might be looking at the things that are happening around us and saying, God, I want something done about this. And so if we go into scripture and pull out a scripture verse and pray God's word back to him, it has incredible power and incredible authority in Jesus' name to be able to pull out a scripture verse and pray it back to God. And so the only way I know how to teach that best is in our, when we get to our prayers of intercession, two of the petitions, I've decided to take a scripture passage and pray it back to God. So you know what I mean. And the power that comes from that. Because we need to pray God's truth. Because we can be deceived otherwise. I hope that brings you hope. Because God wins. We know the ending of the book. It ends pretty good. Let us pray right now. Oh God, your words are tough but you do it because you love us. You want to guide us to live in our hearts that are on fire for you. Lord, stir in our spirit the absolute need to consume your word each and every day. Whether that's actually reading the words or listening to something as an audio, to reading a devotion, Lord, just put the commitment in each of our hearts to come and and get your word so that we're not deceived. Lord, raise each of us up so that when we hear your whispers and the truth that you speak to us in the night, that we are brave and bold enough to shout it from the rooftops, each and every one of us. God, lift us up in hope on this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we um, proclaim our faith in the Apostles' Creed found in the back of your hymnal or on page 105. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. And on the third day, he rose again. He is seated. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I the Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. We'll have our noisy offering. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love. Through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us pray as Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We want to thank our radio broadcast sponsors, Jim and Janelle Benter, in honor of their 47th wedding anniversary. Congratulations on that. Would you rise and receive the blessing of today? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.